Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cut to the Grace. I hope everyone's having a wonderful week. Listen, I'm keeping this intro today short and sweet because I have... The incredible Marisha Wallace on today's podcast. And let me tell you, we're both chatters. So we spoke for a long time. And this episode, can I just say, is a cut down version of our conversation. I could honestly just talk to that woman for absolute hours. She is an icon. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. But yeah, hope everyone's had a wonderful week. I've had an amazing week. I've actually taken a little bit of time off social media. And I'm just now coming back on like when I need to. Um, I came off it for like three days deleted, but then like came back on because I had to do a few little promotion bits. Um, but honestly absolutely dreamy I would highly highly recommend even if you're someone like me because I consider myself to have like quite a good relationship with social media you know like I know like when to turn it off and when I'm on it too much and I think it was just my boyfriend has been in Cornwall over the weekend over the week um so I found myself a bit more time to scroll and found myself on it just a little bit too long than it should be and then just negativity on Twitter is not my vibe so I was like you know what I'm gonna take a little chill pill and it's been wonderful so um yeah highly recommend you can tell people, you don't have to tell people, but just take some time, just delete the apps. I'm sure there's like an app or something that you can do that like blocks it for a few hours. I don't know. I don't do that. But if that's your thing, that's your thing. Um, But yeah, it was great. And in the time I would have spent scrolling, I did some cool stuff like journaling, cooking, um, painting. I did, well, not painting, more drawing, you know, like oil, oil pastel things oil pastels is that right I don't know but it was really fun I've never drawn before and I really enjoyed it my mum was actually a bit shook when I showed her she was actually quite impressed so maybe I'll share them one day but absolutely not at the moment way too scary uh (laughs) but yeah also um this week I had my first ever salon experience it was incredible I was very kindly treated to an absolutely wonderful Aveda experience at Simi Hair Lab in King's Cross. Um, I had a massage with these lovely oils. I had shampoo in like, I've never had my hair like shampooed in the hairdressers before and it was so fun. I had a new colour, so I've gone like back to dark, feeling feeling like myself again. Had a cut, got some little like like a long fringe going on trying something new and then a blow dry and a style and it was literally the dreamiest day um and also Georgina Castle who plays Dorily on the nine to five tour was in there we had a lovely time and it was just lovely so um yeah get yourself down to Simi Hair Lab 
Also, you might find, if you're lucky, when you book, you might have a familiar face, Mr. Chris Parkinson, on reception, if you're lucky. And I don't know, maybe he'll sing you a song. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be listening to this like, how dare you? Everyone everyone goes to get their hair done at Simi Hair Lab. Like, hey, Chris, Grace said you'd sing us a song while I get my hair done. So go. <laughs> Um, but yeah also uh, yesterday it was officially a year since I left six absolutely ridiculous so I just spent the day like going through my old pictures and videos and stuff I actually did a reaction video that's on my YouTube channel now if you want to watch it and um, yeah I just went through it all and it was really nice to just reflect on the craziest 15 months of my life and again another crazy year it's been since so uh yeah I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who stuck with me if you um came to see me in six you're amazing thank you so much yeah (laughs) okay I can feel myself going into a ramble now so I'm gonna begin this episode please enjoy it right you're gonna need to pour yourself a cup of tea for this one and also if you're into it maybe even grab your journal and take some notes when Marisha speaks because she is here with the one-liners of wisdom, let me tell you. Well, I say one-liners, hundred-liners. So wise, she's amazing. And she's absolutely smashing the game, such a grafter and everything that is happening to her, she absolutely deserves. So yes, enjoy the episode, have a lovely week and I'll see you next week. Hello. Marisha, Hi. thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. How are you today? I'm excellent today. Um, it's been very busy. I'm happy that things are like opening up. It's starting to feel a little normal. I went to Germany. I went to a pub yesterday and I like sat outside and had dinner and drinks and I was like, nice. this is good. We're on our way. <laughs> yes, I love that. And Before I press record, me and Marisha were just talking about, I was saying how busy she's been, but you've been busy in silence as well, I hear. Are you allowed to tell us anything about it? I can't tell you anything yet, but it's really, really great. I'm going to be finally achieving a dream that I've had since I was 15. So something I've been working on for a really, really long time has finally happened. but you guys find out in uh very very soon what's what's going on but it's all really good stuff and it's it's been so eye-opening because um you know as you move up in your career you have to also have your business hat on and so for the past couple of weeks has been all about business and like you know royalties and contracts and things it's just like it's very very important I think it made me very um aware that our People coming up in the industry need to know the business of it as well because it just makes you more powerful and it just makes, you know, you be able to know exactly how people are paying for your art because that's kind of like definitely a big thing now because we give away a lot of our art for free online. So it's like we do it for promotion, but then when it it comes to a point where people are like, okay, we want to pay you for this, make sure you get paid where you should be getting paid. Yeah, yeah, damn straight, damn yeah. straight. And I think I feel like lockdown especially has kind of proved that to a lot of people as well, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been a massive admirer of, of you for so long. And I remember when we first met, I was like, this girl's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Like, I love her energies. 
But it wasn't until I watched your, because um, you're a YouTube sis. Yeah. And watched your, um, how I got in the biz and then yeah. Broadway and Beyond vlog. And also listened to your podcast with Kerry Ellis. Shout out, keep calm and carry on. Yeah. And I was like, she's my girl I was like she's my girl I was, honestly when I listened to the Kerry one I was making my I've been making my own masks and I was at my sewing machine and it was when you you were talking about like being a cover and all that stuff I just had a little tear had a little tear rolled down my face and that's when I messaged no. you I was like you are a queen um and I feel like it's what you were just saying when you were saying like you you've been working on something that you've wanted to do since you were 15 and your dreams are becoming realities I feel like it just makes everything so worth it. All that hard work and like everything that you speak about in that vlog and everything you speak about in that interview. It's just incredible. It's it's so nice to see. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I've we have a similar story in the fact that you've done a lot of understudying and people have seen you in the roles. And then so it's kind of like that underdog come up that just takes a long time. Yeah. But while you're doing the work, it feel it could feel like nothing's happening or you can feel like you're underappreciated or undervalued but nothing is for nothing like everything you're putting in towards your future and towards your goals is like seeds you're just planting seeds here there there and there and then the harvest is gonna come and that's kind of what I am I'm in a season of harvest right now because I was in a season of work where I was like just laying the seeds putting it down making the connections keeping my head down and just like doing the work because everybody wants the fame, but nobody wants the pain that goes with it or wants to do do the work because there's so much work that goes into this. I, we make it look easy because we get paid to make it look easy, but it's not. So it's not. not. And so I feel like don't give up because, and don't underestimate yourself. I think that was a, a big thing that I've learned over the past especially these past four years being here in the UK and stuff, I felt like I, I had these big dreams, but I didn't, I didn't like have the confidence before to really push to what I, I knew I was worthy of. And that's Mm. the thing, like knowing your worth and like always having that in your mind and know your worth and then add that and tax into it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would say. Cause like, um, you know, people will make you feel like you're not, you know, worthy of everything you dream, but you are. My mom and dad call me a Duracell bunny. Cause I've always, I've always got something going on. I can't stop. And when I get into that point of like, okay, I'm like, quite a few months into a contract now I'm settling in I'm I'm like okay what's next I need a podcast I need a YouTube channel <laughs> that's totally so me been... that's me I people are always like you go and go and go you do too much you do that I was like no I don't do enough Beyonce does it all why not me why can't yeah. I just do it all I think you just have to keep your creative juices flowing and you're not waiting on someone to make you a star you have to yeah. make yourself a star you have to put yourself out there Use your tools and you're doing that, like with your podcast and with your YouTube, put yourself out there and see what, and then they will come. So now I've built this whole thing and then now the big players are here and they're like, oh my God, you've done this, you know about this and you mm. you know about social media and you know about data and you know about this. It's great to get those tools yeah. together. Some people think you're doing too much, but don't ever worry about that. Just yeah. do your thing. 
<laughs> yeah, do your thing. I love it. We've gone straight into all the questions that I was going to ask, gonna ask in the podcast. Yeah. Um, so let's go back. You're speaking about connections and things like that. Um, I need to direct everyone over to Marisha's YouTube channel and watch the video because I literally sat there with a coffee like, watching the video it was so interesting and so nice to hear you speak about your journey in so much detail um but without going into it too much because we want people to watch the video tell me a bit about how you got started and then coming to the UK so tell us a little bit about that well I started uh working in the industry right out of university um I went to school for musical theater and theater education um, I was going to start teaching right away because I had a got. I actually went to school on a teaching scholarship and kind of cheated and double majored in musical theater because <laughs> I was like, just think, I'm going to get this teacher scholarship to pay for my performance degree. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's what I did. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so um, I was going to teach right away, but then I decided, you know, what, I'll be a better teacher if I give this a shot. And I don't have many, you know, you don't get many years to like go for it. So. I was like, I'll just go for it now. And then if, if in three years I don't make enough money to pay back um, the fellowship I was on because you had to teach for four years as part of the contract. And I was like, if I can't pay that back with what I'm doing performing, then I'll go back to teaching. So I gave myself three years. Um, and then I did theme parks. I did dinner theaters. I worked my first job. I did five shows a day, <laughs> six days That's a week. That's more than Panto. So it was 30 shows a week and it was only supposed to be 45 minute show, but since it's a new show, it was all, it's always longer than what they say. So it was like an hour, sometimes hour five. And then you're doing that five times a day and it's like full dance, high energy theme park show. Um, but I'm actually glad that I did that first because it, after that, everything else was piece of cake and everyone was yeah, like, everything eight shows treat. a week. They were like, eight shows a week. I was like, this is a vacation. <laughs> After that. Wow. So it was kind of cool to do that first. It was like boot camp, like musical theater boot camp. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, kept going and I did cruise ships. I traveled all around the world singing in a top 40s band on a ship when I was like 22, which was so cool because I got to see all of the world. We went to Asia and Europe and whatever. And then um, I was on that ship and I was like, I really want to be on Broadway. I'm going to have to like start being on land more. So I would do like two or three months, you know, on land doing a contract of regional theaters in America. And then I would go back and do the ship to make money because you wouldn't make a lot of money doing the land ones. Yeah. So I would go back to ships for a month or two to make enough money to save so that I could do the land ones, do like regular wow. shows. So then I just kept doing that for like two or three years. And then my the shows that I was doing on land just kept getting better and better and better. So... Um, we, so my big break was, uh, well, sort of my first big break was I got into the union, which is a big thing in America to get into the union. And my first show was a night with Janis Joplin. And then I got my first lead as Ada Annie in Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> and our yeah, first I remember all you black. Yeah. 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 And I was first. like, I so see that. It was so cool. I won an award and like the Rogers and Hammerstein estate came and saw the show um, actually, I just got another gig with Rogers and Amherstein Estate because they saw that show, like, in 2011. They remembered my performance. <sighs> it just that shows, show. doesn't it? I told you the seeds are just like, do, yeah. do, do, drop the seeds. Um, but anyway, after that, I auditioned, went to an open call for Book of Mormon. And 
I remember that was my first time I ever put my new agency's email address or contact information on my resume. The first audition ever. So um, they called him and was like, we want to call her back, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't even give me that appointment or anything. I just went. Like, I just went. <laughs> I just went. And I then I it. couldn't get go back. And then it was like a, a lot of back and forth. And then I finally got back in. I went through a lot of rounds. And then I met Casey Nicola, who is like a very famous um, director. He's directed Book of Mormon, Aladdin, uh, something wrong, Mean Girls, uh, uh, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Dream Girls. All the girls. So... Um, I met him and we immediately like got along like a house on fire, not just in the studio, but just outside the studio. Cause at that time he wasn't as big as he is now. So he would go out and set the tours and stuff. So I did book book of Mormon and I was on tour and we would go to dinners and hang out. And we were spending 14 hours a day together, you know, in rehearsal spaces and stuff. And I always kept everybody laughing and it was fun. So, he was like, I want you to do every show that I do. I'm going to find a place for you. And people say that, but then, you know, you're like, okay. But then he actually yeah. did it. So, like, five shows later, five years later, we did. He gave me my first uh, debut in uh, Aladdin. And then uh, I did Something Rotten in the original cast with him. And then he flew. Then Dreamgirls was happening. And I went to a private audition. I'll never forget this. With Henry Krieger, the writer of Dreamgirls, Casey, and Nick Finlow at Casey's apartment. Yo, <laughs> at Casey's that apartment. amazing. He has a studio at his apartment, so it was not even on the books. It wasn't even on, like, equity, nothing. It was, like, completely private. I went wow. to his uh, apartment, sang the music for Henry and Nick, and everyone was, like, amazing blah 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 and I actually thought I was gonna do it from the beginning because they asked me to um, stand by for Amber mm. um, long story short they didn't ask me to do it at the end because it was cheaper to get someone from the UK to do it because you know that's how visas and stuff are. it's very expensive to bring someone from US mm. um, but then year goes by I actually go to do Dream Girls in Dallas Texas because I was like I need to get this out of my system. Yeah, I need to play the role. I just need to now. play it. <laughs> yeah. And also in my business hat, because I always got a business hat on. You always should have a business hat on. You should always be like three steps ahead of everyone. You can need to yeah. proceed. I knew there was going to be a problem. I just already knew it. I just knew that they were going to ask me to come back, mm. which is not a problem. It's actually a good thing. <laughs> I just knew it. Yeah. I don't know. But I was like, well, I just need to actually play the role so I have some credibility to say, okay, I just played it at an amazing regional theater. And then it just happened. I was looking online at the Equity website, and Dreamgirls was there. It was like a theater in Dallas was doing Dreamgirls, a big equity theater there. And the director was the choreographer from Oklahoma. <laughs> well, there you go. What are the odds? And then I go into the audition. He's like, what are you doing here? You're on Broadway. <laughs> and I, he was oh. like, you won't leave your Broadway show to do this. And I was like, yes, I will. And then I asked, you know, something rotten if I could leave for three months to go do it. And they had just told like five people, no, they couldn't leave. And then they told me, Look, yes. I was they, shocked. They, they knew. knew it was for you. Yeah. Yeah, they knew. So it was like, uh, it was incredible. So I did the show. I got amazing reviews. Um, 
I was in the papers and stuff, and then everyone was, and and on top of this is another divine intervention, the same casting for that production of Dreamgirls was the same casting for the London production of Dreamgirls. <laughs> what is happening? I know. Oh, I love that. So then, long so story cool. short, I come back from Dreamgirls. I'm back in Something Rotten. I'm at a tap dancing egg singing Effie Way. <laughs> yeah. And I saw he kept kept adding adding the tap dances. <laughs> yes, he kept adding tap dance. I didn't even know how to tap dance before that daggone show. Then I ended up doing a full tap show, which is insane. And tapping on the Tony Awards where I'm like, what is I happening? love that. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, I find out like uh, I was doing a reading. I was doing a reading and Stephen Schwartz is sitting literally right here. And we're, I was doing a reading of a new musical. And I was singing like, da, 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 da. And I see my phone like kind of light up and it's my agent. And you know, if your agent calls, you just, whatever you're doing. The first break you do, you run out there and see what's going on. So yeah. I go out there for my first break after you know, we, we ran the first act. And he was like, London called. Do you want to come play Effie White? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're do you, like, do you want to come and play it? Not do you want to come and audition? Literally, no. just do you want to come and play it? <laughs> do you want to come play it? And I was like, yeah. Think uh, about it. <laughs> okay. And then they were like, well, you have to leave in four days and you have to. <laughs> I didn't even know where my passport was, Grace. I was like, my passport was oh, missing. No. I had that, to, would be, that would be me. The night, because I before they even confirmed it all, that night, I got up 5 a.m. that morning, went to the passport office and waited in line outside of the passport office to get a 24-hour passport. And... I bought myself a ticket to London because you had to have a flight going within 24 hours to get the passport. Oh, yeah. In 24 hours. So I did all. <laughs> I That's forgot brilliant. about all that. But anyway, I came to London and it's just been like a roller coaster ride. I was only supposed to be here for like three weeks. I was just supposed to cover Amber's okay, sickness. You are. Yeah. Three and a half years later, I've created this whole thing but you know once I did that first and I'm telling you and I got a standing ovation I was like my eyes oh. were just open it was just like I've caught fire so now I just have to run with it I knew it was the time but even when I left uh, New York I was like this is my opportunity this is the moment this is the thing I've been praying for for years mm. now if I don't run as fast as I can this is the time like it's so funny because I feel like I'm a very spiritual person. I feel like God gives you these windows of opportunity because, you know, you're like praying all the time. You're like, yeah. oh, my God, please let me get this. Let me get this. And then he gives it to you. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's time to run. Oh, OK. <laughs> so you have to go. But anyway, it's been um, I know that was a long story, but I think it's just kind of cool to see that how things come about. It's not always. Like the yeah. song says, I didn't plan it. Like I didn't plan yeah. it. I didn't plan for any of this to happen, but it's actually was the plan in in, in a way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, You're so. the perfect example of that, and yeah. also just of that hard work pays off as well because it's not like you just got handed it. You know, you'd no. grafted for years before, which is amazing. Yeah, and I feel like that's the thing that a lot of young artists need to know is that. Don't wait for anyone to make you a star. Just don't. Just mm. do it. Do whatever it takes. Meet the right people. Know your business. Know your brand. Know what you're selling. It's a business. 
the crazy part is you are a business, but you're also the product. So it's mm. very strange to yeah. be like, I'm selling myself, essentially. Mm. But once you get over that, that's when you're actually going to be successful. Because from a from an artist standpoint, we you know we get so wrapped up in our art, which is great. We're going to make great art. But also don't forget that you're a business and that you need to be making the right connections, talking to the right people, putting yourself out there. That's a, another very hard thing. I think definitely for British people because it's not your culture to put yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you speak to that? Is that like, is it, so, it was been so weird for me to be like, oh, that's not a thing. <laughs> I know it's some it's honestly whenever I've been doing these kind of interviews and someone says what's your best piece of advice for people wanting to do this I say that because like things like YouTube I was absolutely petrified because it is it I guess it is in that British culture of like people just don't do things like that and I've just kind of gone through a massive journey of being like if they don't like me if they think I'm weird don't follow me don't subscribe because I really don't care um but yeah, that's amazing. Carry on what you were saying about that. No, but that's so true. It's like, uh, we feel like we're so worried about what other people are going to think. But the other people don't pay your bills. They don't like yeah. get put your food on <laughs> your table. They're not like going to, you know what I'm saying? And then when you become a success, then everybody's like, oh yeah, I knew the whole time. No, like this is the thing. You have to really put your blinders on. I always think about like a racehorse. They put that, they always have the blinders on. And the reason why they have those blinders on is so they don't look to the left or look to the right, they can run their fastest and they just focus on their own race. So I always yeah. say, focus on your own race. Don't worry about left and right, what they saying, what who's saying, whatever. They can say what they want about you. But if you're happy with what you're doing, if you are being authentic and true to yourself, that's all that really matters because that's what's going to break. That's what's going to succeed. Once I finally stop trying to be everybody else, and stop trying to compare yeah. myself to Amber's voice or Jennifer's voice or whoever's voice. And that's the thing I don't like about this industry is that we compare ourselves to each other far too much. Like Yeah, and everyone compares us to others as well. That's, so it's, exactly. it's not even you're doing it to yourself. You know that other people are doing it, which I guess makes you do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah? And it's like on these blogs and these things, it's like you can get all wrapped up in that stuff. And even I've gotten wrapped up in that stuff, especially when I first came, because you're like, oh, well, if they don't, if they like that person, that means they don't like me. And that's not true. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can you can have your, there's people going to like you and there's people going to like that person. But that doesn't make any of those people not as good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I think comparison is the, you know, the killer of creativity. So, um, yeah, that's something that I have had to struggle with. And it's something that I'm getting so much better at now. It's just being myself. And that's kind of something that's a journey. And I think in this lockdown, we need to discover ourselves. Mm. And with all of that, um, as you said about comparison being the killer of creativity, is that something that you kind of, um, cause I was chatting to Alice Fern Mm, we I did a podcast uh she's a queen and we were talking about when she was covering princess fiona and we were talking about this exact thing do you think it was that moment when you were covering when you had that experience as an understudy that you grew through that if you if you didn't have that experience would you do you think you would feel the same as you do now or do you think that really helped 
No, it was so helpful because you're already going out. Like, well, I was understudying Amber, like being her alternate, and like they're expecting, and she has a huge profile. So these people have paid all this money, and they're expecting her to walk out on stage, and you have to walk out on stage. You have to just own it. Like, if I mm -hmm. had, I couldn't apologize at all for her not being there. I had to be like, I'm here. You're going to love my performance, and that's it. And that yeah. just, I just had to go into that mode. And I was like, then I had to take that feeling and take it into my everyday life. Like even outside of the show, just being like, this is my version, take it or leave it. You know, I, and I, yeah. and also I learned a lot too. That's, and on the other side of that is like not comparing, but watching to learn. Like I learned a lot watching Amber, watching different other ones, how they do it. Like you can also learn from each other as well yeah. instead just of shifting that mentality can yeah. be so beautiful and do so many beautiful things yeah let's like okay well obviously they're doing something right they have a huge fan base or whatever so look at the I, I did a lot of that throughout my career and I think that's why I have been so successful even when I was working on Broadway I worked with some amazing people Christian Borrell Heidi Blinkenstaff um Brian Darcy James like my heroes like legends I've worked with um, even working with Sarah Bareilles and like just yeah. the people I, I watch them like hawks like I'm an observer mm. I watch how they move through the world I watch how they treat people I watch how yeah. and sometimes it could be stuff that you don't want to do you know what I mean and also stuff that you want to emulate because um mm. I learned a lot from Gavin Creel how to be a leader of a company because I remember in Book of Mormon uh he was our elder prize and that was my first big show and I was like what about him is so special that he's in this place? And that's something that you you need to always be researching, observing, and don't take on those things as a jealousy thing. Take mm -hmm. it on as a learning thing. Like, because yeah. people get jealous of people in a certain position. Instead of doing that, learn from them. Learn, yeah. figure out what it is about them that got them to that, that spot. There's something. And whatever that is, Find that within yourself. What makes you special that will get you to that place that you want to be in your career? And that's something that I uh, have been doing, just like watching. And I feel like my our younger generation just needs to watch, observe, see, emulate the good traits about people that you that you find in yourself that you you know match to. You're like, oh, that person is a leader, or that person knows how to speak to people and make them feel comfortable in a room. That's yeah. something that I'm good at, that I can bring more of to the situation yeah. and may get me to where I want to go in life. Mm -hmm. So it's not even just about performing. It's about the whole thing, I think. Yeah, there's so much to it that people have no idea about. They have no idea. I <laughs> will no say idea. that. When, when, people, when people say, oh, what do you think is the most important uh, threat out of singing, dancing and acting? I'm like personality and charisma and being a nice person and a good company member that's the most important one out of all of them it is because i've seen people who i mean they weren't that greatly talented but i didn't even care because they were just so nice to be around yeah yeah <laughs> it was it's like it's a massive part i don't care if they can't sing that high note that you want them to sing if they're just like nice and i can get along with them a lot of times they get the part because of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. literally. I, I don't want to hang around a very talented, uh, uh, not nice person, you know, for 14 mm. hours a day. That's the other thing. It's a lot of hours 
Yeah, and a long, like a year contract or more sometimes, you know? I know. So, yeah. That's definitely your superpower. If you have a great personality and you can make people feel comfortable in a room and you can get along, it's also mm. about being a team player, which is also yeah. hard when you feel like an artist is an individual. But mm. you have to be able to work as a team. And yeah. But even as even as I'm going up in my music career and it's like, you know, the Marish Wallace show or whatever, I still have teams of people that I'm working with. Like multiple teams of people, my agents, my managers, my musicians, my and I have to be able to handle all these people in a way that they feel comfortable with me. Yeah. And want to work hard for me. And that's the that's the thing. Like you have to cultivate that kind of community in your workspace. Love that. Love that. Yeah. So I'm always really intrigued to know, and I'm finally getting to ask uh-huh. someone who's done it, what, what, how it compares Broadway and West End, not only as an audience, as a company, as the show itself, mm-hmm. but also just as a lifestyle. How does it compare being a musical theatre actor in the Broadway industry and in the West End? Well, um, there's a couple of things that are different. Um, just on the technical side, Um, Our union is much stronger in America on Broadway. And I think that gives us just more power as a Mm. collective. And it just gives us more, um, I don't know, they take us very much more seriously because of it, I think. Um, So sometimes I feel like the actors here don't have as much power or don't feel like they have as much power which I feel like you guys do have power. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, don't and, realize their power. Yeah, and they don't, and they're scared to fight for what they deserve or mm. even know what they deserve here on the West End. Yeah. And I feel like on Broadway, they're like, no, we need this. <laughs> we need that. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I came in, like all guns blazing, like, wait a minute, this isn't right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think for that purpose, that's what's one major difference, I think that something that I actually want to help change. I know it's hard here because Margaret Thatcher kind of like squashed the unions here, but I do feel like in this new um, economy and this new whatever is happening with Corona, it's kind of our chance to kind of strengthen the union if we can. Yeah. Rebuild it, rebuild it, rebuild it and um, make it work better for the Mm. actors. Like, cause I mean, I don't never understood how you could do the same exact show just in a different country and get a third of the salary that the people got who did it originally. Yeah. A third. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense to me. You're doing the exact same work. It just mm. makes no sense. So that was all, that's one major difference. It's just like the collective, you know, thing. But as far as audiences go, I love the Western audiences because they're, we call them sticky fans. <laughs> they like, if sticky. They look, sticky. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So they like <laughs> what you do. They stick to you. They, they don't uh, go to the next. Yes. They stick with you and they stay with you and they follow your journey and they go oh, to all yeah. your concerts and they, they stick with you. They're sticky fans. Like, and then there's like, you know, the fleeting fans who are like, oh, I like you. And then, they, and then they're on to the next. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I do feel like the West End fans are like some of the best because they just stick with you through all of your. And I know you felt that, especially from the six fans. And then when you went on to the next thing, they yeah, were right there with, with you. me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's something that's very beautiful in, uh, yeah. in the West End is like, Okay, so maybe we're not getting everything that we deserve, but we get this amazing fan base that we can take with us to everything that we do, which I think is really, really cool. Um, I do feel like Broadway has, because Broadway is Broadway, you know what I mean? Because Broadway was like, is a thing that everyone aspired to. So when you do get on that stage, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. And then the West End, I never even thought that the West End was like even uh, accessible for me so like it was nothing that I ever dreamed of doing and then when I got here I was like oh my god and I also feel like on the west end they don't limit you as much because they're because theater is subsidized here so they're not afraid to take Mm. risks so I feel like they've done pretty great with like well the first black alphabet was here and they still haven't done that in America yep. as far as like the, having the role full time they've had mm. understudies or standbys but they never had I think they had maybe had one maybe Lily Cooper but I'm not quite sure but anyway the first one was here so that mm. just shows you you know where they're just a little bit more open as far as like diversity goes and I never feel like I'm put in a box here if I yeah. if I tell my agents oh, hey, I'm thinking about playing uh, Black Fanny Bryce or whatever. They would never be like, nah, you can't Impossible. do that. Impossible, yeah. No. They would be like, oh, let me see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of the difference for me and the fact I've done some stuff that I know for certain I would have never done on Broadway. Like, mm-hmm. just even the concerts and stuff I've done and the level of stuff that I've, I've done, I know it wouldn't have happened there. And I just yeah. just think because of the culture of Broadway, it's just it's slowly, slowly, very slowly diversifying, yeah. <laughs> diversifying. So um, I think those are kind of the big, the biggest things. And also, I don't know the caliber of the. It's so competitive to get on Broadway, like yeah, super competitive, yeah, like super if you have like young kids that get on broadway like right out of university it's more of an anomaly than it is like a trend oh like a commonplace because the average age on broadway was like 30 so a lot of people have yeah the average age is 30 yeah when i was doing broadway i was like 20 when i first started broadway i was like 27 and i was like the youngest very really young yeah amazing it's insane and it's changed a lot it's changed a lot now um but 
uh, traditionally they like a lot of seasoned vets on Broadway. It's changing now because the shows are changing. So when Mean Girls yep. came, that's a lot more younger kids, and Dear Evan Hansen is a lot more younger, mm. younger uh, people. But the, all the adults are like forties, fifties. Like so, wow. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and everyone so in my show, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So, but that changes the caliber of the show because everybody is yeah. a vet and something rotten. We yeah. have seventy Broadway shows between all of us, seventy. Oof. Yeah, oh, so it just amazing. raises like the caliber yeah. of the show, and I guess it just depends on. The sh- so you do feel like you're at the top of your game mm. in that situation. Yeah. But that's not to say that on the West End you don't feel like that. But sometimes you can have, you can feel like, oh, okay, wait a minute. There's like the leads and there's that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just more, everybody in the ensemble could be a lead on Broadway. Hands yeah. down. Hands yeah. down. Like, it's not even like, because it's so competitive. That's 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 the mm-hmm. thing. And it's a bigger country so and more schools more people feeding into it because not only do you have everybody in the u.s who wants to be on broadway you got everybody in the world who wants to be mm. on broadway yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's literally very, yeah it's very competitive but in that instance i feel like the west end has given me that's kind of why i was okay to leave because there was just not enough space it was just like yeah there's only like four or five black girls who get every show and I was kind of like the token in all the white shows. That was kind of like mm. where I lived in that world, featured ensemble. And I wanted to do principal work. And it was really important yeah. to me to do that. So coming here, I kind of got to start over. I was introduced as a principal. So I never had to go back. So that was kind of, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Love that. Um. Okay, let's have a little chat about the cool things you've been up to while you've been here. So you went on tour as I did a singer, as a as an artist, as the, the Marisha Wallace show. Yeah. What was that like? How did you plan that? Did you have any original music in it? Yeah. I um. Well, I knew I was going to go on this, so I got asked. I think I got a tour before I got asked to go back to waitress. I did. I had the tour already done. Um, Live Nation and Cuff and Taylor promoted my tour. They asked me to do a, a fall tour. Um, it was very scary because I was like, is anyone going to come in these cities that I have never been to and they don't know who yeah. I am? <laughs> oh, so so cool. um, I was like, is anyone going to buy a ticket? Yeah. So we ended up selling about 2,000 tickets, which was insane. I was like, wow. I've sold 2,000 tickets around the country in a place that I wasn't even born in. This is insane. So yeah. um, we had a couple of sold out dates. Uh, London was sold out. Birmingham was sold out. So we only did five, four of the five of the seven performances that we were going to do in the different cities, and the last two were canceled. Uh, Leeds, not Leeds. Um, I forgot the other one. And there was one more, and then London were canceled because of Corona. But it was such an amazing experience. I got to do everything. I put the whole band together. The set list, oh, the cool. look of it, the backup singers, the uh, the videos, the media, the um, everything, the marketing, the merch, the like, I put on a production myself of myself. That's amazing. <laughs> so, is, but how did you do that in terms? Did you have someone investing into it? Did you have uh, like? Yeah. So Cuff and Taylor invested in it. So they paid me a fee, 
And then I paid my people out of that fee. And then Amazing. had stuff for myself. And then they took care of marketing. And then I took care of other things. So, um, But it was kind of like an That's investment awesome. in me. Because like once you work with a promoter, they're kind of investing in you as you grow. So yeah. in the next stages of what's about to happen, which is so exciting. Um, yeah, so they've already been there from the beginning. So they're kind of... Because they can see what you're going to be. So they... They make a yeah. little investment here and a little bit, and then that investment turns into something big, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, it was incredible, and the fans were incredible. Birmingham was like one of my favorite shows. It was sold out. Um, it was in wow. like the Black Box Theater in the, uh, at the uh, Brom Hippodrome, and it was wow. incredible. And the last night was insane because I was sick with the coronavirus the last night of my tour, but I had no idea. I literally oh thought I just had like a little cold that was going to start. And did so, you get the test? Well, I got an antibodies test afterwards, and that's how I knew I had it. And everyone in Waitress had it. Sarah Bareilles oh, yeah. had it. No, Gavin yeah, had it. And I only had left like a week before the tour started. And the girl who replaced mm -hmm. me, Natasha, she also had it. So I was like, wow. there's just no way that I couldn't have had it. Like the whole cast had it. Yeah. So yeah. I had it the last night and actually I was singing um, in the middle. I started, I was feeling under the weather, but I was like, we've been on tour. We were getting home at 4 a.m. every night because we were driving back and forth. And yeah. uh, I was like, oh, I'm just run down. And the first song I sang, my voice started to go. And I was like, I have two and a half hours left to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and I so had, what did you do and i had this phlegm and my chest was on fire and like i couldn't really breathe I, I i got through it somehow and then the second act came and i was in tears i literally was like how am i going to finish this show the audience had no idea also at 6 wow. p.m before that show boris johnson had announced all the theaters were closed it was on that day. Was it a on Tuesday? On that day. Oh, no. On that day. So we were already like in the twilight zone. And then I was sick. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I have grown. I, I didn't know at the time that I had it. I didn't know. So mm. um, anyway, I made it through the act. And then I just changed a lot of the songs for act two. Um, but it, it was almost like singing at a funeral because everybody knew that that was probably the last performance they'll ever Oh, so everyone see. found out in the interval? Yeah. Well, everybody found out before they came. So some people didn't show up because Boris Johnson was like, oh, it's no. done. So some people were like, I don't know if I should go. I should go. And some people still came. And it was just, it was, and the kids were there. Like I had a choir, I had choirs in every city. And just, they were so excited. And I was like, I have to just muscle through We've this. You've got to do it. And, yeah. I, and I was like, it's called the Marisha Wallace tour. I have to do it. And I literally mm. was in tears. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is how this is ending. But in the end, like looking back on it, of course, that's how it was going to end. And at least you did it like on stage doing what you love. Yeah. You know? and when when yeah. the announcement happened, I was, I think I had coronavirus. I didn't get the test, but I was bed bound in a pitch black room, like with my eyes closed. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I guess it's quite nice that you were on a stage, like living your life. Even yeah, though, coughing up my lungs. I was like, <laughs> it was like singing a song, but 
it was crazy it was crazy but um the tour was actually very successful and um it taught me so so much i have two original songs on there the beginning and fight like a woman and then now tomorrow has come out yes so was that in the tour? That was actually my next question. Yes. So I had this idea. vocals. Yeah. Well, I had this idea in for to do this. I did it on tour just with the piano player. And I oh. met Steve Anderson right before lockdown, who is my uh, producer now. Um, and he, we were like, we met and we just had like this like synergy, like from right, right off the yeah. bat. And I told him about this idea and he actually ignored me. <laughs> I was like, no, this is going to be great. I promise tomorrow. And he's like, I don't know. I feel like no. And then Uh, coronavirus happened. And then he was like, let's look back at tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, let's just send me, you know, a track. And then I will record it in my house. I got a hundred pound mic from Amazon. Yeah, connected it to my coffee table. And I was feeling all (laughs) sad and hopeless. I had just had coronavirus for three weeks. I was sick. I was like, I, I was just getting better, actually. And I was just feeling so hopeless. I was like, what is my life going to be now? And I just recorded that song sitting here on this couch. And then he oh. got the track back and mixed it. And I remember we had sent it off to Decca Records. And they said, no, we're not going to. We have other charity singles we're going to do. And then Steve kept pressuring me. He's like, you have to release this yourself. And I knew how to self-release, which was great. This is what I'm saying. Another know your thing business. that we're know your about. business. Yep. I knew how to self-release. I knew how to uh, get it on PRS. I knew how to put it on all the different platforms, everything. So I self-released it. And then it just yes. caught I didn't know that. Fire. Yeah. And I and the video, the music video, I called all my friends. I um, set up the whole thing to get them to make these uh, videos for me. The to, paper. Yeah, the paper. Yeah. Found Grace uh, Frozen, who's an incredible uh, graphic artist. Like she, she uh, does these calligraphy things, and I, she used to do it for a wait. She's just a waitress fan, and I messaged her and I was like, "Can you make these signs for me?" She handmade every single sign, 150 oh signs, and like 24 <gasps> hours, she did it. She stayed up all night. And Honestly, then, musical theater fans are so creative. The best. The art. Which blows my mind. It's insane. Yeah. And she also was like, I was at a point where I wanted to start doing art and then you called me to make these signs and I was and I have been reinvigorated ever since. Like so cool. It's so cool. So then yeah, yeah. I edited the whole I stayed up <laughs> I stayed up countless hours like I saw the sunrise many, many times in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> so what you gotta do. <laughs> oh my God. And I edited the film myself. Um, wow! I yeah, I edited it myself. I released it myself, and then it just caught fire. And I don't even remember. Oh, Steve Anderson sent it to Michael Ball's producer at um, Radio Two, and then he was like, "Michael, this is the song of the whole movement. Listen to this." And Michael played it immediately on the Sunday and he only gets two songs that he can play that aren't on a list because everything has to be approved everything has to be through Ah, pluggers everything has to go through record labels because the record labels have all this sold up so independents Mm. can't even really get in there because it takes a lot of money because they pay people pluggers and uh, people to go in there and to to rep your song to get it on the radio 
So when yeah, I so fa- he gets two that is like his choice. Yeah, so he gets two that is his choice. And then he picked tomorrow and played it. And Steve, mm. who's his producer, said he got thousands of emails after it was played for the first time. Thousands of emails to requesting it gives me goosebumps. Right? To get yeah. it requesting, you know, them to play it every again. So then it played like every Sunday for a month. And then it went to number it went to number nineteen on the charts. The I first saw play, one play. And then the fifth week it was on Michael Ball's show, it went to number two. We beat Lady Gaga, we beat Rain on Me, we beat uh Beyonce and uh, Meg Thee Stallion, Savage. Uh, we beat the first song was Savage Love, and we were number two. And all the TikToks are just going. You you just climbed on top of them all. No TikTok, no just absolute no budget, no like no money. Yeah, and we made yes. this. And then also yeah. after that, it got playlisted on BBC Radio too. So it's playlisted now. So it plays every day. It's in rotation every day <laughs> on the radio. But I think Honestly. it just goes to show you that, like, you're only limited by your own, you know, expectations of yourself. If you yep. if you have an idea and you know that something is right, your gut says it. I always follow my gut. When I don't listen to my gut, I always get in trouble. But I, like, will have, yeah. like, pains in my stomach. Like, my body will be like, no, don't do that. Or it'll be like, yes, yeah. go, 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 go. So we did all of this. I did all this by myself, which was crazy. And then the amazing people that I brought on board. And then now something amazing has happened. Yes. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe when this is released, it might have happened. So people will hear us chatting about it. By that point, I think it might be. Um, But yeah, I mean, everyone around the UK has heard this. The royal family has heard it amazing have written it that is unbelievable. they wrote it what an achievement it. like oh. um oh and then we did a rupaul's drag race video because latrice royale from rupaul's drag race heard the song so you can check that out on my youtube as well we did a lip sync for your life version have you seen I this i love that no i haven't i didn't know that was a thing yes there's a lip sync version that's that, a bit of me i'm is, ready for that i'm gonna watch it after this it's on my uh on my youtube so go check that out uh shangela's in it um kennedy davenport uh who else trinity the tuck taylor is in it yeah it was it was great oh, it's really really good and um who else is in it um the Elephant Queen. Who's my Elephant Queen? Remember Elephant Queen? <laughs> Eureka! <laughs> I don't know who Elephant Queen Eureka. is. Oh. Eureka! Eureka! That's my Elephant Queen. Shout out Elephant Queen. <laughs> that is incredible. Honestly. Yeah. I feel so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so proud and we're not even like besties. But um, <laughs> you do, do you know what I mean though? It's so no, nice. It's, it's good so to nice. see it. Because I feel like they limit us as musical theatre artists. They say, oh, you're just a musical theatre or you're just this or you're just that. But actually, because of all the things that we have to do, sing, act, dance, but but it makes us multi-talented. Yeah. Like, use all your talented talents and don't say, oh, she's just a Western star, she's just on Broadway, just whatever. Yeah. You're more than that. You're an artist. I find it so interesting, like, all the nitty-gritty bits to people because we are such interesting creatures and we do really cool things, so... And the graft is I'm real. So- like, man, we're out here, like... 
I said, if you want to look for a hardworking person, go talk to a theater actor because this is like intense. And I, it's so funny when I get, so Waitress was cool because when you had like hardworking theater people who've been in the theater for years, and then you have people who were coming from the TV world to theater, and they literally were gagged. They were like, yeah. I didn't know it was all this work. I was like, yeah. Welcome to the plantation, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. It's true though. It's true. They're we all, gagged. We're all and they gagged like literally because like when you're doing movies and stuff. Because I've done movies before. There's like someone holding an umbrella over your head. There was people always asking me, "You need a water? You need a dish? You need that to get So much to the point, I was like, "Leave me alone." <laughs> yeah, because I'm so Let used to I'm so used to theater where you know you just kind of like have to, everybody, every man for themselves, you know. So yeah. they were like, when they came to the theater, they were like, I didn't know I would have no life. I was like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I think really that's hard. a massive reason why your circle of friends does, it does become people in the same industry as you because everyone gets it and, yeah. you know, people understand. And like I was, I was saying the other day, like it was so amazing. I had my birthday in lockdown and I had all of my best friends on Zoom mm-hmm. who were all pretty much in the industry, but that would never ever happen in real life in a bar because one person has an audition the next day so mm-hmm. they can't go out or one person's in on tour and one person's in a show that's on the other side of town or whatever like that. And, you know, it's everyone's, it's just a lifestyle that comes with it. It's just ridiculous. I know, it's insane and it's, but it also makes you like just like a a fortress like of steel. I feel like it has fortified yeah. me. And and uh, now I'm working in another industry, working in the recording industry. They're like, oh my god, mm. why you do everything so fast? How do you get everything done? How do you do boom, 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 boom? Because we don't have time. Like in theater, we just get it done. Yeah. <laughs> we just get it. Yeah, we just get it done. So it's good skills to have, I think. It is amazing. Um, so I've got two more tiny questions to ask okay. you. Number one is something that I just really wanted to ask because you have such an amazing energy and aura about you. And you post a lot of your life and what you're doing in the day online and on Instagram and everyone loves to see it. But when, what, who's Marisha off of Instagram? What are you doing? What are you doing to keep sane and mm-hmm. positive? Like, do you have anything that you can recommend? Uh, This is a good question. Um, I just started to learn to play guitar, and it's been, like, such a great thing for me. Not just because, you know, it's music-related, but it just is, like, therapy. And also to learn another thing. Sometimes I just play my guitar and sing along if I'm feeling stressed or if I'm feeling, you know, kind of like... Because I always have to be um, strong for everyone. So I like moments when I can just be vulnerable and be... Not weak, but just me. I don't have to learn it. Learn it, yeah. yeah, whatever. So, um, those are like my favorite moments. Um, on a fun note, I like playing Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> everyone's getting a Switch. Animal Crossing. <laughs> yes. So I my best that. friends. They tried to get me on it, but I didn't do it. Babe, it's everything. My best friend I got know, me on I it. I know, but I know I'd be addicted. Oh, I was. I now I've set it down finally, but it took like two months for me to set it down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do that, and then outside of it, I'm actually a little bit more quiet than people would think that I was when I'm just home. I love quiet time. Like I think that's yeah. how I protect my voice. Like when I'm at home, like I don't really talk a lot. I just yeah. text but or like 
I love. I yeah. like quiet time. I don't. I'm not a person who has the TV on all the time. That's not my. Okay. I like, like it, that. I like it kind of quiet, and I also like we'll just turn on music and just just chill out. But that's. I think that's me, and I think the best thing for people to do is to not put any pressure on themselves. I think hmm. we're always putting pressure on. So am I doing enough? Am I uh, doing the right thing? Like on days where I don't feel like I want to do anything, I don't do anything. I just. Yeah. Allow myself following what your brain and body wants that day. Just so listening important. to yourself. And I've I feel like this lockdown has taught me really to listen to my body, listen to what I want, and also take time. Self care is so important. Like yeah. when I feel overwhelmed, it's because I haven't been taking care of myself. I haven't been like either working out or relaxing or reading a book or just taking time to just stop. And meditation mm. is also really, really great for me yeah, i meditate at it. night a lot and also um i teach meditation guided meditation in my classes that i teach um because Amazing. performance anxiety is a mental health issue i always say this all the time yeah yeah performance anxiety anxiety is a mental health issue so just trying to keep those levels down and just yeah we used to meditate in our six warm-ups yeah we did it at uh, waitress as well like before you gotta uh, do it circle i was leading those those guided meditations i remember sarah Burles was like oh my god this is so helpful every day for us to yeah. come together and just is. take three minutes to just stop and just be centered for just three mm. minutes so yeah it's it, that's what i would say just do what makes you feel happy now especially now <laughs> yeah I love that um my final question is one that I'm asking all of my guests if there was a musical about your life and you couldn't play the title role who would you want to play the title role and why oh my goodness a musical about my life it would be uh scream girls <laughs> <laughs> Because there's lots of scream about, ah. yeah. good screams, bad Always. screams, the scream girls. Um, and who who would play you? Who would play me? I don't know. Like someone that's around now? Oh, wow. It doesn't have to be. They could be dead. <laughs> oh, I don't even know who would play. Who would play me in this? This is hard. Uh, or you can make like a superhuman if you want like the voice of someone and then... The person oh, of this person. I want the voice of Whitney Houston. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I want the body of Beyonce. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I want the power and acting of Viola Davis. <laughs> oh, I love Viola Davis. Yes. Uh, Literally, that is the best superhuman I've ever heard. Superhuman. But then oh I think God. about then I think too that like what if I just had like an amazing like plus size comedian play me? <laughs> yes, love that. Um, <laughs> but no, I I really would want I would actually want someone like plus size to play me because there's no plus size leads. I know anywhere. I know there's no curvy curvy leads. We need the curvy gals. Uh, Danielle Brooks just posted yesterday. She was like, plus size black women are leading ladies too. <laughs> I was like. Thank you, ma'am. I know. Yeah, like... I, know. I could talk about... That's a whole other podcast we'll do, okay? That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, that's part two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, You've been the absolute dream. You. I could talk to you for days. Oh, you're such a queen. You're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking me to do this. And follow me at Marisha Wallace. 
yes go check out her youtube and all the excited things coming instagram she's doing the lives all the time everything going on boom 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 (laughs) (laughs) you're a star enjoy the rest of your day all right love thank you so much